Welcome to Emran's podcast, episode number 99. This is your host, Suman Silwal. This is for moms everywhere. We are strong. This is empowering. We can do hard things. We can even include our kids on things we love to do. It was just um, inspiring. So visit Emrons.com to listen to our previous podcast episodes, links to our social media channels, get race photos, and much more. I would like to welcome Ashley Eskelson to Emron's podcast. I saw Ashley about a month or so ago. She was pushing three children uh, on her stroller running half a half marathon at Montgomery, Alabama. I couldn't catch her, but I saw her on the course and had an interview, great interview. And then and uh, she broke the world record, uh, Greenest World Record. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more detail, but I'll, I'll just like to welcome Ashley to Emron's podcast. Yeah, thank you for this opportunity. This is great. So, Ashley, uh, I have not seen you almost a month. Any new adventure you have started now? Um, well, I'm still out running with a triple stroller, and uh, I'm training for a 50K after this. So, uh, my, my boys are looking forward to another race. So, we're, you know, kind of scanning the uh, horizon for another marathon, or for a marathon, uh, this time the full distance. So, you're going to try to do the stroller again, push the stroller and try to see if you can break the rec- world record there too? Yeah. So, let's see. It was about a month ago. Uh, we all broke the world record uh, with the triple jogging stroller in Montgomery. I got to be honest, it was a hard race. The hill at mile 10 and a half was just uh, <laughs> was really steep, especially with the triple stroller. We came back and we had a lot of interest in how much the stroller actually weighed. Um, and we, we weighed it um, and it was about 145 to 147 pounds right around there with the kids the kids in the stroller they were super encouraging and after the race they were excited to do another one so <laughs> um you know i mean after, right after the race they were excited to get out but later on they were asking me when's the next race mom so yeah. it took a couple of weeks to recover i think they usually say it takes a, a day per mile race um but when you're pushing a triple stroller i think it took me a little longer to recover <laughs> from that so definitely um it was hard for me to push myself through the through those that, that last hill i cannot imagine you pushing uh three kids uh through the through those hills with the with the weight of the stroller itself so so before yeah. we dive in deep in this uh, this conversation uh let's wind back and uh, tell us about your running background yeah yeah absolutely well um i started running in high school i was a junior in high school started running track i just decided to get out and get in shape i figured that running track is something you could do part-time uh, i figured i was pretty good at running i didn't have a lot of coordination to throw a ball or to uh, do shot put or anything like that so i figured i could get out and start running between my junior and senior year of high school and this was about 10 years years ago. Um, I graduated in 2007. So about 10 years ago, I decided that I wanted to run 400 miles between my junior and senior year. And so um, I, I did it for a t-shirt. You know, we runners, we run for t-shirts, <laughs> of course. So uh, anyway, I got out and I started running and I, I loved it. Um, I felt like I was good at it. And my my cross-country team that season went to championships, um, regional championships. And we were a good team. This was all in Walla Walla, Washington, the state of Washington. Um, and so shortly after that, um, I realized the power of nutrition um, as well. And so uh, during my senior year of track, I came back really strong. My personal record in the mile is 507. And um, my wow. coach, there was a coach at Washington State University I contacted him and I said, I'd like to run for your team because I knew I was going to Washington State University for college. And he said, um, if you can run an 1120 two mile, 
then you can be on my team. And uh, at that point, I think my record was an 1139. By the end of the season at state championships um, in uh, track, I ran a 1059 two mile. So I had exceeded his expectations and I walked onto the team at Washington State University. So um, I ran for, for WSU and uh, for four years, I was a varsity athlete there. And it's actually really hilly in Pullman, Washington. <laughs> I think back on all those miles and, you know, every every mile prepared me for what I did this last month. Um, but uh, every mile in, in Pullman, it was, like I say, hilly. We were pushing ourselves. Um, I built up to the point that I was running 100 miles a week. I don't run on Sundays, so it was actually like 87 miles. If I would have run on a Sunday, it would have been 100 even. But um, we did some water training and water miles. Um, it wasn't all on all on pavement, but um, yeah, I was a high volume, long distance athlete. And basically, the longer the better. Like if it was a you know a, a 10k was 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 great for me when I was a track athlete. So shorter stuff, I I still admire like the sprinters, um, 800s and 400s is definitely not my distance. So um, so I, I ran there for four years as a varsity athlete. Uh, we traveled everywhere. We I mean I'd I do schoolwork and on the plains. You know we'd we'd uh, travel cross country and had a really awesome experience um, as an athlete there. And again, I um, I worked uh, with a dietitian at Washington State University. Her name was Sarah, and she uh, really taught me the power, again, of nutrition, of, you know, fueling properly. And uh, I attribute a lot of my success to that, um, to being able to, to fuel um, properly during long-distance um, events. Since then, you know, I kept competing. I kept racing. I, I, I loved it. Um, one of my coaches told me that you have to figure out why you run. And I think that's always been in the back of my head as I've been running and different seasons. I have different reasons for running. <laughs> so maybe you feel the same way. Um, it's different for me. Um, but definitely, I think uh, you mentioned that last season you had a Boston as your main goal. So this season you said yeah. this was a, yeah. So as, as you changed, uh, went through this process, when did you pick up marathon and, and longer distance running? Yeah, so actually the month after I graduated from Washington State University, the month after that in June, um, what would that be, 2011, I ran my first marathon and it was in Seattle. It was the Seattle Rock and Roll Marathon. I ran a 309 over there and that's still my PR marathon. So I qualified for Boston. I got to be honest, I didn't really realize the um, the gravity of, of running for Boston, but I was like, oh, that'd be a, that'd be a cool goal one day. But qualifying... Um, for Boston, well, that was my first time, I guess, qualify for, qualifying for Boston. And I put it out there as a goal one day. I was like, you know, maybe maybe one day I'll qualify and I'll, I'll race. Well, I'll race it. I'll have an opportunity to race it. I kept waiting because, um, well, we had kids. And so um, having kids, um, it's really difficult to qualify and to compete in between kids unless, you know, unless it's a for, for us, you know, we've, we have a zero, two, and four-year-old, and so I've qualified for Boston three times, and finally this last year, I was 14 weeks pregnant at Boston, and I decided I felt I felt good about running it. Um, I was in shape to do it, and um, so I ran uh, Boston 14 weeks pregnant. I had a shirt on me that said, Mama's first Boston, and on the back it said, Baby's first marathon. It was a pretty cool opportunity. I, I was there at that Boston last year, so I may have seen you over there, so and that was a hot Boston. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, 
running during pregnancy again it's another season of life but um i've run during all of my pregnancies and this last this last year um with levi we actually named him levi miles his middle name is miles because he ran a lot of miles with me and so we 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 debated about naming him boston actually but we decided (laughs) to stick with levi (laughs) so (laughs) anyway (laughs) yeah that would have been a great name uh in many perspectives he may not have liked it when he grew up (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, to talk about that uh this brings a very interesting point i have seen my friends, uh, they run through the pregnancy, and uh, I don't know what to make out of it because uh, sometimes you know you hear that you should be resting, but some sometimes you hear that you should be also going out and exercising. How did that help you throughout the pregnancy? You said you 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 went through most your your children's a uh, lot of ran ran a lot of miles through your pregnancy. Tell us about you know how 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 much it helpful for for you to stay active and healthy and so. Before I had children, I didn't know how I was going to fit running into my life. And it was actually kind of perplexing. I didn't know if if it was okay to run during pregnancy. I didn't know if it was okay to run with kids or how I would make that work. And running is a passion of mine, but I also didn't want it to interfere with my family life. Um, So last year, well, with with my first, I was very cautious. I took the first 20 weeks off. I saw a healthy ultrasound and the doctor said I could could actually exercise a little bit more, um, which is which is probably the only time in my life that anyone has told me that before. You know, I think it's really important for for all women to to listen to their doctors and to their bodies. But for me, I feel better. Um, my body works better when I run, and the the labor and delivery, whether it's easier or not, I feel mentally like an athlete, like I can do it. And so it's very empowering to do that. I ran 820 miles with Levi. And, um, you know, you have to be a little slower. Um, I just make sure that I can have a conversation with people. So I'm not really pushing it too hard. You have to hydrate. You have to drink like it's your job, basically. I actually had a mentor on this last, on the Boston Marathon, because I was concerned about running a marathon while being pregnant. And uh, there was a lady that did it the year before. And I reached out to her and I emailed her and I asked her um, how her baby was. You know, it was, and her baby was perfectly healthy, born perfectly healthy. And um, I also, also uh, asked her for advice. And so she was kind of a couple steps ahead of me and I saw that it was going to be okay and I felt good about it. Um, so as far as running during pregnancy, it helped me a ton with the recovery too. You think about um, this race just this last uh, month, my son was only four and a half months old. And so I had to stay active and fit during pregnancy so that afterwards I could bounce back pretty quick. Um, and I know it's not like this for everybody, but I did have doctor's approval to start walking and then slowly start running at 10 days postpartum. I did a 10K, 14, 14 days. 14 days, wow. Days. So yeah. two weeks, within two weeks, um, my first run back, I did a 10K and I did it while I was pushing my stroller. It was not the triple stroller. It was just a single stroller. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was, you know... So, it so, helps. Yeah. yeah. So I guess uh, you being a athlete uh, since you're junior high, I guess that helped you to do whatever you do now. You know, you go in that yeah. pace probably a little slower for you than than what you used to do. I guess that's what what it prepared for you. I mean, 14 days after your post delivery and uh, and uh, running uh, after four and a half uh, month after that, you run in the half marathon. 
pushing the three, three strollers, triple strollers. That's that's an amazing story of its own. So, <laughs> so yeah. what question can I ask now? It's just so many things I wanted to ask. So let's uh, let's focus on uh, uh, your um, idea for wanting to do this uh, break the you know, Greenwich World Record. Uh, tell us about uh, where where did that came from uh, whenever you started because it has to be before uh, Levi was born, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Um, and in fact, it it started last summer. Um, I have a single stroller. I have a double stroller. And my friend posted this um, this lady that had run it with a triple stroller and broken the marathon record. And she was from um, Montana. She set a world record in the marathon as 4:25, and she posted. My friend posted this to me and said, "Hey, look, you have competition." And at first, you know, kind of thought it was a joke, but we had been talking about getting a triple stroller um, before that, and so this was about July last year. In August, we actually came across a stroller that was the same brand, and we we have Baby Jogger brand strollers. They're actually discontinued, but we really like the big wheels and the sturdiness of those strollers. So we came across a triple stroller um, in August. And then in September and October, I started looking for races. I started emailing people, um, race directors. It's hard to find a half marathon that will allow a triple jogging stroller and that's relatively flat and within driving distance of us. And then I don't race on Sundays. Um, I'm a, I'm Mormon and I believe in, in taking Sunday as a day of rest. So um, anyway, so I had to find a race that met all this criteria. So in... November, I finalized what that race was going to be. And I, I put in an application to the Guinness Book of World Records. It takes about 12 weeks to process it. So so by the time I actually got the approval, it was February. Um, but I was, of course, training all, all winter for it as if I was going to get the approval for it. So I guess what the heart of it is, I saw this lady that, that had done something awesome. It was Teresa. Her name was Teresa Pitts from um, Montana and running this marathon. And I, I wanted to include my kids with it. I wanted to um, have, like I say, a new goal. Um, after running Boston last year, that was always a dream. And so it was kind of um, like, what what's next? You know, what can I do next? And you know, Teresa inspired me. And so one of my other goals was to inspire other people, people that are close to me and, you know, far from me, anybody who picks up the story. And I was quite thrilled when, you know, several news company, news places and people picked it up and were sharing it. I think it's, um, it's nice to have that ray of hope and goodness. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm a, you know, a huge advocate for, for exercise and nutrition and stuff. So it's, uh, it's just part of me, you know, Definitely, and then you're sharing your story and joy with everybody else. Uh, definitely. Uh, so, so this was this decision was made long before third um, boy was born. born. Um, mm-hmm. So, tell us about uh, training. Correct. You had to train with uh, with those triple stroller and the, the, being a small baby. Did you have? Did you in the winter time, even in Knoxville area, <laughs> that area of uh, Tennessee? You know, it's cold, and the winter was cold. Tell us, uh, tell us about how did you manage to train? Certainly, there were definitely some obstacles. I don't put my babies in strollers um, until they're able to sit up, unless I have the car seat adapter. So if I can put a car seat in it, that's fine. So I do have a single stroller that has a car seat adapter, and my and Levi was um, running with me um, very early with a car seat adapter. But it was really for, it was really about a month before the race that I could actually put him in the stroller. So. 
you know, um, I did use weights on a, on a couple occasions. I would just, you know, leave Levi out of the stroller and throw some weights in there just to simulate what it was going to be like um, with Levi. And I think this is probably the only time that I would ever throw weights in my stroller just because, you know, <laughs> most people don't do that. Most people don't do that. It's heavy enough. But uh, so that was one thing that I, that I did. Um, uh, I tried to get out with the stroller and do some speed work. So one of the major difficulties around here is uh, finding uh, sidewalks that are wide enough. Mm. You don't think about that, but with the triple stroller, it's um, it's a pretty wide load. <laughs> so um, so I, I was able to find a, a few places around here. I didn't run every day with the triple. Sometimes I would just go out and do speed work on the track by myself, um, tried to do that you know, once a week, I would use races. I had a couple races before that just uh, to kind of fine tune, you know, just to more, more mostly just to get out and do some speed work. I would go out and race. And I definitely relied a lot on some muscle memory um, because I ran a lot, a lot, lot with my double stroller. And I took a couple months off during pregnancy. I stopped running with the double stroller in, in July. I was having early, early contractions. So I stopped pushing the double stroller and started running on my own. And so I was about 30, I don't know, between 25 and 30 weeks pregnant at that point. So I was definitely relying on some muscle memory. Um, in short, um, I, I ran at least once or twice a week. Sometimes uh, with the double stroller, I relied on some of that muscle memory from pushing the single and the double. And then I did speed work on top of it. Um, and I, I did have some core work and uh, weight lifting and stuff in my training schedule. But I got to be honest, I didn't I didn't end up doing a lot of that. I I, I, I was hoping that lifting my baby would be enough, <laughs> but, uh, you know. So, uh, so yeah, you know, but running is just a priority for me. People ask, you know, how do you make it work? Like, how does it fit into your schedule? And the real answer is I just, I make time to run. Um, and it doesn't matter if I have my kids with me or if I can go during their little preschool or if I have to wake up early and do it. Like, it's just, it's that much of a priority to me to get it in. Um, it just makes the rest of my day so much smoother and I'm more patient with my kids. And, um, and you know, when the kids are with me, they have they have fun. Like we make the stroller rides pretty fun. I, I entice them with some good snacks and, uh, go out and see sights, you know, I'll stop and let them throw a rock in a, in a stream or something like that. Look at the fire trucks we're passing by. So, you know, I make it, I make it fun for the kids too. When we're out training. Definitely. That was, uh, that was, that was really was my next question to find the time, you know, taking care of kids and running and, uh, trying to do everything else, uh, as the day brings in your life. Um, that's uh, difficult. Sometimes it's managed to, for us, we f we can find thousand excuses, uh, you know, just to go outside and run, you know. So you, you're yeah. with the three, three children, so it's always difficult. I know I have two, but when mine is a little bit more grown. But when they were little, I used to take them running. But I, I didn't do like as much as I you you are do you are doing. But they're always part of my running uh, ever since I started running, so... Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's fun when the family is part of the running. Um, my family is. My husband is my biggest fan. You know, they've always been out there at races with me, and they've been cheering Mama on. And just uh, this was the first race I'd ever done with a stroller, so we have a lot of firsts this year. Um, but uh, yeah, like I say, I I want to do it again. And um, on that note, you said that it's hard to get out the door. And one of my quotes, one of the things that I tell myself is the hardest three steps are the ones out the door, you know. And so once you get out the door, it's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yesterday, it took me forever to get out, get out the trail. And once I'm out, I'm just like, I don't want to go home now. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly, it's, exactly. Yeah, especially no. with the cold weather and yeah, 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 well, yeah, the, yeah cold weather just as still. The spring uh, has not uh, completely arrived here in South. You know, I'm not, I know my friends from North are laughing at us, but but you know, it's cold <laughs> for us. You know, <laughs> what can we oh, do? Yeah. But tell us about uh, you talked a lot about nutrition um, since the beginning. We're talking about today. Tell us about the nutrition sides of your running running journey. I think nutrition has been a big part of your running. Give us some uh, some ideas on, on your nutrition. Well, um, like I say, when I was, I first developed my passion for nutrition, mostly when I was in high school, that end, end of high school, I lost a fair bit of weight between my junior and senior year. That's actually weight that I didn't necessarily need to lose. I didn't realize that food is what fuels us. It's what gives us the energy to do what we need to do. And it helps us, you know, the protein helps us recover and the antioxidants can help, you know, reduce reduce some of that stress on our muscles um, and body. So I lost a fair bit of weight. And so when I came back into, when I got to college, um, well, and, and once I once I realized the power of food, my track season was just night and day different. It was just so much better. Um, and so um, I'm a firm advocate. I think one of the one of the key points uh, that people forget about is um, the importance of recovery nutrition. I should tell you too, I am a registered dietitian nutritionist. And so part of my passion for nutrition actually propelled me to study nutrition um, and get my master's degree. Uh, my emphasis was uh, not on sports nutrition during college, but I did work at Washington State University for a year as their sports dietitian. And so I've seen it. Um, I've seen it change athletes lives. I've seen just, you know, little changes that that make a difference. Um, so anyway, just so you just so you know where my background is with that. Um, I am a, a registered dietitian, a nutritionist, um, and I studied at the university level. So the importance of recovery nutrition, most athletes um, go out and they'll do a hard run. And they'll come back and they'll tell me I'm just not hungry. Like I don't want to eat. I, I don't need to eat right now. But I, I encourage them too. And I tell them they really have a 30 to 45 minute window to get something into their body that has uh, glucose or carbohydrate and a little bit of protein. Um, a lot of athletes focus just on the protein, but your body is most receptive to taking up glucose within 30 to 45 minutes after you run. And so if you can have some carbohydrate within that time frame, it will help you prepare for the next run or it will help any runner prepare for their next workout. And so I like to jumpstart. So personally, I like to go out and run um, typically before a meal. And then I come back and within about half an hour, I'll have a, a full meal with, you know, some some oatmeal and chia and flax and milk and, you know, maybe a banana and peanut butter. That's that's one of my favorite go-tos. I think that's most runners go-to. <laughs> but, um, you know, so just um, I always recover post-race. And then during, during the day, um, you know, just focusing on – Getting some good fruits and vegetables. I definitely focus on carbohydrates. Um, I think there's a, a little bit of a stigma around carbohydrates that they're they're bad or or whatever. They they make people gain weight or stuff like this. And sure, um, you know when you're reducing your volume, like if you're if you're you know quote unquote carb loading before a race, um, you will a person will notice a weight increase because it's retaining some water also. Um, because it, you think about you think about a piece of bread, and if you put a piece of bread in water, it's going to soak it up. And it's the same thing with our muscles. If we're storing extra glucose in our muscles, it's going to soak up a little bit more water as well. So there is um, there is a little bit more weight with um, 
with great, you know, greater carb intake. But for me, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm out running and especially after I'm doing hard workouts like that, I, I focus on coming back and getting something with carbohydrates and a little bit of protein, um, immediately, like as, as soon as I can. And if, if the kids need something and it's hard to get to the, to food, I will, uh, I'll get some milk and, you know, at least, at least some milk and a banana or some, or maybe a little bit of juice or something to just jumpstart my recovery process. And then I'll follow up with a meal. So I think that's one of the most important things. I got to be honest out there on that half marathon. I think I didn't, um, I could have done another goo or two. (laughs) I did one, I did one goo at, uh, I don't know, mile four or five. And, uh, and then I was doing Powerade the rest of the time. I think it would have helped me to have a little bit more carbohydrate out there because I definitely hit a wall with about two miles, you know, a couple miles to go, um, on that half marathon. And so, you know, I'm still learning even as a, even as a dietitian, <laughs> I had a plan, I had a plan out there and this is what I'm going to do. But when push came to shove, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bend down to get the goo. I mean, yeah, it was you, just like, <laughs> you had to, you, you had to just, keep on going, but definitely. I was so focused, you know, yeah. I was so focused out there. So yeah, definitely. If you, if you decided to go the marathon distance, you definitely need to think about that. Yeah, for me is uh, I've, I've loved listening about your uh, nutrition nutrition plan that you that you follow uh, because uh, I I'm running ultra marathon and my nutrition has been really terrible. I really need to rework the whole thing because I turned vegetarian or vegan mm-hmm. one one time I was a vegan for for running, but um, but I'm not a I don't eat good food. I think I just do, do a lot of junk food. I really need mm-hmm. to focus lately. That's that's one of the key thing uh, I'm I'm looking at. Maybe I'm gonna go more plant based and also more protein based uh, within the vegetarian and, and try to see what can I take it out and what can I add kind of things. You know, I love sweets and in the processed sugars. <laughs> they're, they're vegetarian stuff. They're not good. You know, they have a place during races. You know, I mean, simple sugar is what you process very quickly, you process simple sugar very quickly. And actually post post workout, they say that chocolate milk is one of the best things post workout. And the reason why is it's a great ratio of carbohydrate to protein and it has simple sugar in it. So your body's going to take it up really quickly. So if you're going to have sweets, I mean, you know, you know, I, I think, uh, it's in moderation. It's in portion, portion control. And, uh, also, you know, around, around your running times, you know, cause you're going to go out and burn it really quick and that's what your body uses you know that's that's yeah. what that's what those goos and power rate are really is just straight up sugar so but yeah. uh but you're right you're right and it's a balanced i don't know if i like the word balance but it's a you have to be you have to plan ahead to have good nutrition you have to pack a lunch the night before and or you know whatever it might be um just so that you're eating every two to three hours and you have good options because otherwise you know a person just reaches for whatever's in front of them and and that's not always the best thing. So, yeah, those vending machines are everywhere. So easy to go and grab some <laughs> Snicker bar or something like that at three o'clock when you're so hungry. And but uh, but yeah, definitely to plan better. And and beyond in the racing, uh, I, I, marathon distance, I never had that issue. But when I go to ultra distance, especially hundred mile, I'm just it's a, another story altogether where my system shuts down oh, and yeah. uh, it's just. I will not eat for days into it after the race, even, you know, <laughs> my last yeah. race, I talk about that, uh, 
um, the last uh, I think that good meal I had was the night before and then I re- ate throughout the race but still you know, things were happening and then after the race it's just like Wednesday you know Wednesday, following Wednesday I started eating and finally I got hungry so so then once I got once I started getting hungry I started eating a lot and then nothing I can it, <laughs> I grab everything I can find so things like that yeah. you know I need to really work and focus on and nutrition that's that's a great part of this interview i i didn't know that you're a registered dietitian so it's it's great to know maybe we need to talk more deep into that uh let's go back to our original sure, topic of <laughs> uh tell us about you 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 wanted to do marathon um you know marathon distance is going to be challenging than a half a marathon distance we we all know that um, you know, so how, what, what kind of things are you looking at as you're thinking about maybe, maybe you want to run a race in you know, Huntsville is a Saturday marathon. It's pretty relatively flat course. Uh, you may want to look good, at there. Yeah. yeah. Rocket city, you know, even there, uh-huh. you know, there's a couple of hills, you know, um, so, but it's, an, it's, it's a doable, but I, I'm not sure whether they allow your, uh, triple, triple jog, jogging stroller or not. That's, you got to ask the race director but definitely uh, tell us about how 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 are you planning uh preparing uh wanted to prepare for that yeah i i actually did run the huntsville alabama uh, marathon and that's the one i qualified for with boston and so i i really do like that race um so maybe i will look into that um again i have to kind of consider and factor in the weather a bit because um i know that's a like November or maybe December race. I think it was December race, it's but a December so, first weekend of December. Yeah. So, you know, with the races, I don't want to carry a lot of extra weight with uh, blankets and stuff like that. So I uh, just trying to figure out weather too, but what I'm looking ahead at right now, what I've been doing the last uh, couple of weeks, um, I submitted my paperwork for the Guinness Book of World Records for the half marathon. It does take some time to do that too. The process of getting a world record, unless you have, um, you know, about $1,500 laying around. It, it takes a while. Um, it doesn't actually cost if you, uh, if you're willing to wait, it doesn't cost money. So by the time it's approved, it, it will probably be, uh, probably June or July be- before my half marathon record is approved. Um, so in the meantime, what I've been doing the last few weeks, I've been looking at races, like you say, something that's flat and fast. Um, and I've just been going out with the triple, you know, I'm not, I'm not scheduling it in. I'm kind of going a little bit freely um, and, and just going as my time and schedule. Um, basically on the off days when I'm not running with other people, I'm not running early. It looks like a good day and the weather's good and we'll just hop out, hop out the door. So right now I'm still continuing to train with the triple stroller. Um, and of course I'm still keeping my mileage up. I have a 50 K race in, in May. Um, so what will that look like? Well, my kids are going to be heavier <laughs> by the fall. <laughs> Yep. So um, I'm not looking at an August, on a July or August race. I'm looking probably September, um, September, October, November timeframe. Maybe I'd I'd consider that December race. Um, and so, my, like I say, it's it's got to be this fall. It takes 12 to 15 weeks for the application to be approved by the Guinness Book of World Records. So I'll put in the application once I get approval from the race director. Um, as far as the logistics, definitely going to be using a little bit better nutrition. I'm going to be a little bit picky about the race course. Like I say, something that's flat, something that's you know relatively flat or slightly downhill. And as far as my kids go, um, it's going to be a little bit 
uh, different as well. I'll probably have additional snacks um, and some some water or drinks out there. Uh, maybe some entertainment for them. I might let them, you know, take a little movie or something just so they can stay entertained. You know, the interesting thing about running with a triple stroller is uh, there's so many things that have to line up for it. I mean, the tires have to be tires have to be good um no no flats obviously that would just kill a record it would it would be over um and the kids have to sit pretty quietly or calmly for most of it not get hungry and we've got diapers you know things like this so what Teresa did uh and I'm kind of looking to her again as inspiration is she she kept her kids up a little bit later they slept for a big part of the race um and uh, I think she had to stop once to burp her baby or something like that <laughs> a couple couple miles, you know, I, I don't know, halfway through the race or something. Um, her race was relatively flat. I think she had one hill in there, one pretty good hill. And so I'm going to look for something that's kind of similar to what she did. Um, her half marathon was a 201 before she ran the 425. Um, I know personally, my like I say, my PR marathon is a 309. I'm not going to be going for a 309 marathon. Mm. I'm I'd be going probably if you take the race that I did in uh, in Montgomery and you double it, uh, it would be a, a th- about a three 335 is what I 335. And if you add on, you know, about half an hour, I'm looking at about a four hour marathon, a 405. That, and so that's that's what I was thinking. Four four hours is pretty doable for you so yeah so that's that's really what i'm looking at um one of my strategies with this last race was really using the downhills and so i tried to keep my pace up on the you know up on the uphills and keep my cadence and lift my feet but on those downhills i was just capitalizing on it i was using the downhills and that was my mantra using downhills definitely in montgomery had a lot of downhills once you climb the first hill and it's a lot of yeah, yeah and the, uh, except the last one but tell us about on on, on this uh this kind of thing uh, especially pushing uh three children uh is this uh i'm trying to break the world record is this the speed versus the strength or you need both or how, how does that work out for you I've done so many miles with strollers um, that I really feel like I have the speed in me. I know I can go fast. And um, so it definitely gives me confidence when I'm out there that I can go fast. Like, you know, I had to race basically an 815 pace with that triple during that race. And for a lot of people, that would seem and it is it is fast. You know, it's a fast pace. Um, but for a lot of people, it would seem almost undoable. But I know personally, I've run faster than that. So uh, it was mentally reassuring to be like, you know, to tell myself, I've done this before, I can go fast. I'm, uh, you know, I'm an athlete. But as far as speed versus strength, you know, arms tend to get tired when you're pushing that much weight. Um, so I will probably throw in a little bit more arm work on this next uh, race and just focus on on building up arm muscle um, and, and, and core which was my original thought. Yeah, I, I guess it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, you're, yeah, you're, you're using a lot of, of, of the glutes and quadriceps as you're pushing, um, especially uphill. And even on the downhill, I mean, you're, you're breaking, you're breaking a little bit. I, I try not to break when I was going downhill. I try not to break. Um, I try to just stride out. So on those downhill stretches, you need speed and on the uphill or slightly uphill, you need a lot of a lot of glute muscles and arm a little bit too, because arms tend to get tired. Definitely carrying just a water bottle for me, or when I run ultra distance, those arms get tired. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, yeah. 
So in, in this journey that that you had, or there, that's and then you're about to go on again, uh, you may may go again. Uh, tell us about how much patience you you need, because you know having children, um, you know how how it is, small children, they, you know so many things happens to them, fussy about it, and uh, you know there's so many things they want to do, then be sitting in the stroller and uh, jogging around. Tell us about uh, those those toughness, I guess mental toughness that you had to build in to do whatever you're doing. Yeah, I think you're right. It does take a lot of mental fortitude. Running in general takes a lot of mental fortitude. And as a mom, same thing goes. Um, With my kids, I've started them out early. They've all run in the stroller with me. I got to be honest, uh, when I had my first child, I told myself I'd never run with a stroller. (laughs) So uh, the irony, it's just, it's a huge irony uh, now running with the double and the triple. Um, but I started my kids out early. You know, we get them in the stroller. We'd go on adventures. Um, I use it as time to, you know, when it's just me and them, I use it as time to sometimes talk to them. A lot of times, um, a lot of times they just ride quietly and kind of look around and sometimes they fuss. And so we have to stop and take care of them, um, you know, and, and, and meet their needs too. Um, but I, I've actually found personally that it's been kind of a bonding experience with my kids to include them in this in this journey and this passion that I have. Um, as far as patience, though, I look back on my journey um, to getting this world record, and we beat that record by 27 seconds. And I still I still think of how many things could have gone wrong or how many things could have meant the world record could have could have meant you know make or break between 27 seconds um that's two seconds per mile it's just not a lot of time it's not a lot of time yeah definitely no no (laughs) i really i really wanted to be coming in faster than that but as far as patience goes i look back on this journey of running with the single and running with the double and and running with the triple and how every single mile prepared me to break the record. Um, and sometimes they were hard. Like sometimes um, I would go to the grocery store in Pullman, Washington, and the grocery store was a quarter of a mile at the, you know, from, the, from uh, my house, and it was at the bottom of a hill. And I would load up this stroller with groceries and a couple gallons of milk, and, you know, I would push that stroller and my kids all the way up to the top of the hill. <laughs> and, you know... I don't know if people thought I was crazy, and then probably I was at some points. So I'm like, why? Why did I do that? But I think of every single one of those miles and how it helped me. How it just, you know, all that muscle, like you say, all that muscle that I built up, muscle memory, and just knowing that I could do it. I can push a stroller. I can. I can break this record. And uh, so, patience with ourselves. I think patience with how our training is going. Um, and sometimes, you know patients through injuries. Uh, I was fortunate enough not to have injuries, um, you know, anything substantial in the last year. Um, but I know that I have been through injuries before and it's patients getting through an injury too. Um, there's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of running is, is patience and endurance. And yeah, when you add kids to it, it's another, <laughs> yeah, another, patience, yeah. Yes. <laughs> another level of uh, patience there, you know, so, so definitely, I don't think I ever ran a race with my any of my children, so 
one of us will always took care of the kids whenever they were little. Talk about that uh, in your journey. Um, was there any point uh, you thought, uh, yeah, it's not for me or anything like that? You sound really excited. You know, looking back, you know, there must be a time where I said, nah, this is not worth it doing it. Or were you always uh, really want to do it? Um, I put in my application as far as running this this particular race. I put in my application and I had some people tell me that I was that, that it was crazy. I was thinking about doing that uh, or that, you know, that I should focus on other things. Um, it did make me question a little bit. Uh, someone asked me just a few weeks before I ran the race what my longest run was with the triple stroller. And I told them about eight miles before that half marathon, I'd, I'd gone about eight miles with the triple. I had done longer runs, but not with a triple stroller. Um, and it did uh, place a little bit of doubt in my mind, like, oh, am I going to be able to do this? Is it really going to happen? So about four weeks before the race, when I actually received notification from the Guinness Book of World Records that my attempt was approved or that that my um, that I was approved to, to attempt the world record, I did some soul searching and I actually went out and ran with the triple stroller just to see how fast I could go, just to see if I could really do it, just to see like if I could meet up to the challenge. And I came back from that race, from that run. Um, I had gone a, you know, a couple miles and it was hilly and it was hard, but I felt like I could do it. Um, and at that point, I made it Facebook official. So, <laughs> you know, everything's nothing's official until you post it on Facebook. That's Definitely. what my friends said. Definitely. So if- I made it Facebook official at that point. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, we um, the race director down in Montgomery uh, made an effort to get some publication or get some media uh, behind us. And uh, once we kind of you know, once once all of Oak Ridge and half of Montgomery and uh, like all of my friends and family knew I was doing it, I did have a little bit more pressure, but also even more motivation to, to actually get out there and do it. Um, as far as points during the race that I didn't think I could do it or that I was skeptical, there were definitely times out there during the race. In fact, I started that thing and I I didn't feel like any of the miles were easy, um, yeah. which I guess should be true of a marath- of a world record race. Um, I don't think anything should feel easy, even from the start, um, necessarily. Um, but, uh, you know, I I wanted it. I, I really wanted it. And I would remind myself my mantras. I'm a huge advocate of positive affirmations when you're out there running. Why are you doing it? You know, I can do this. I can go faster. I am strong. I'm a mom and I, you know, on a couple of times there were moms with kids out there and it motivated me. I was like, you know what? This is for moms everywhere. Like we are strong. You know, this is empowering. Like we can do hard things. Um, we can even include our kids on things we love to do. It was just um, inspiring. So I did feel a few times that I wasn't going to make it. And I have to give a huge credit to my husband and also the witness out there. Um, I had just met him that day of the race, but his name was Peiji, and he he biked the entire thing with me, and he was encouraging as well. You know, come on, Ashley, you can go harder, Ashley. <laughs> You've got this, Ashley. You know, kids, kids, cheer for your mama, cheer for your mama. You know, and he was uh, really uh, inspiring. And like I say, my husband, he was there by my side. Like I hardly had any time to think negative or to be like to to question myself because he was right there saying you got this Ashley dig deeper Ashley he said at one point we had about half a mile to go 
and he doesn't maybe maybe a little more than that maybe a mile to go in that race and he said he doesn't see this look on my face very often but it was just a look of pure exhaustion like and he just oh no oh no is she gonna make it you know and he came back he came back really hard at that point and it was just um you know really encouraging uh at one point he said come on ashley you got to pick it up ashley and that just wasn't what i wanted to hear at the end of the race i wanted to hear come on ashley uh you you've you've got this in the bag you're ready you're gonna get the record slow slow it down a little (laughs) yeah give give yourself a break you're doing great you know at one point i was like man you can here push the thing it's heavy you know (laughs) i didn't tell him that but i was sure thinking it so (laughs) But, uh, yes, uh, I think we all, all of us runners, we all have different challenges and obstacles and mental barriers to get through. We have to use those positive affirmations. Just tell ourselves, like, we can do it and soak up positive energy. I mean, people around us, like, they they think it's awesome. They think it's inspirational. People out there cheering, I love it. I soak it up. Um Sometimes I'm super focused and I, I look like I'm just looking at the road and, but I hear it. I hear people cheering. I hear, you know, I hear, I hear it uh, going around. So I'm definitely grateful for, for spectators and for my husband and for, you know, just friends and family that just were praying for me and thinking about me. And I, 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 and honestly, I was praying out there too, you know, when, when all else, nobody else could touch the stroller. And so I definitely needed a little help from some, uh, (laughs) angels to help yeah, me out there's outside outside too. yeah definitely you know, such a such an inspirational story uh Ashley that's just uh such a great uh determination it's it was that's how I pushed through my last hundred mile it was really difficult time I went in dark dark places and uh, got out of it a pure determination to finish the hundred mile I almost dropped out of mile 75 so you know when you doubt doubt sets in and you agree with that doubt it's hard to get out, but but it's it's also wonderful feeling once you get out and push through it and finish that race. And now we we can talk about our victory and do the victory lap, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, the victory lap, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, I think visualizing the finish line is sometimes really helpful for me too. Like just I visualized that finish line, and that was the most epic finish that I think I've I've ever had. You know, crossing the finish line with a jumbotron and everyone's cheering and uh my kids are just excited in the stroller you know leaning forward and the the announcer was you know pushing me in like telling people if you see ashley you start cheering she has a minute to get in here or whatever he said he you start cheering for ashley and so there's just a lot of noise in the stadium when we went through but um you know i think like you say with your hundred miler um Sometimes it's just one foot in front of the other. Sometimes I look down at my feet and I just put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> you know, like I say, it's pure determination. It's just you want to keep going and you know you can do it. And at those moments, you just put one foot in front of the other. Definitely, Ashley. That's a that's a great point. Uh, uh, some of you, if you have not uh, watched the video, Ashley, great finish. Go to Marathon Runs uh, Facebook page. Uh, I'll put a link to the show note her finish and then interview we did right after the race uh, uh, where she was showing the stroller visual visual you can get some visual aspect of the her journey too a little bit i don't have like two and a half minutes interview that's what i we had ashley we we talked so much about so many aspects uh you really are inspirational 
do not only me and, and a lot of people who listen saw you and uh, follow you through this journey before we close this interview i just wanted you to give a word of advice to all the listeners uh, uh, about your journey and push through the things uh, that you that you are unimaginable things you can do in life uh, you know, I'm sure a few years ago you never thought that you'll be breaking the greenest world record. Uh, now you have done it. Uh, uh, give us that word of advice. Yeah, you know, it truly was a journey to get to that point last month, and I didn't see I didn't see it until after we had done it that every single mile led me to that point. Um, and certainly, my journey is not over. That half marathon is going to propel me on to the marathon and to other experiences in my life um, with my family. I love running. I love exercise and nutrition. I think it empowers us. If you're a mom listening to this podcast, go out and try to include your kids with your running. If you can push a stroller, that's great. If you go to a track and let them play um, on the inside of the track and you just do laps around them, I've done that before too. In fact, sometimes I even let my kids go and bike in an empty parking lot and I do laps in the parking lot. Whatever you can do to get out with your family and with your kids and to still do what you love to do to take care of your body. Our bodies are amazing gifts from God and um, I just, I love running. And I think uh, as far as nutrition goes, for all runners, uh, focus on recovery. Focus on you know, that recovery is just as important as the run itself. And so, you know, putting good, wholesome food, some good fruits and vegetables, and whole grains, um, and recovering within half an hour to 45 minutes post run um, is ideal. And then, uh, you know, my my final thought, I guess, is you know, put one foot in front of the other. Like you say, it takes determination, it takes perseverance to be an athlete and to be a runner. The hardest three steps are the one out the door. And so if you can get out the door, uh, I tell my friends, never judge a run by the first 10 minutes. So get through the first 10 minutes of your run and then you can decide how it's going. Um, but uh, get out the door and just and soak it in. Use use that time as a mom if, if you can to, uh, to unwind and to reconnect and to pray if you want to and to meditate and to just prepare yourself for the challenges of being a mom as well yeah i guess that's that's what i would say great word of advice ashley and uh, thanks for your time we really enjoy talking to you and uh, hopefully uh, in the coming days we can hear more about your running running journey stories uh, and maybe hopefully you can come back sometime and talk about more detail and nutrition uh, runner's nutrition you have been a runner and mom maybe you can uh, add some value to some of our runners uh, including myself okay yeah and uh, let me know if like you say when you want to talk about nutrition more that's definitely a passion of mine and i can prepare a little bit more for the nutrition side as well so just uh just let me know Thank you. Thanks for your time tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Embrons Podcast. Please visit embrons.com to listen to previous podcast shows, links to our social media channels. Please follow Marathon Runs on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for recent updates, race photos, discount codes, and more.